0: Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk.
1: Oh, my adoring
0: fans. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense.
1: You said it, brother.
0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, my fans, my family, my friends. It's good to be back with you. Uh, today is going to be, even though I didn't mark him part one, part two, part three, but this is going to be part three with Apostle Rion all the way from South Africa. Uh, if you've listened to the last two episodes, you heard him. You know, he's He's got a great wisdom, a great anointing, and he's bringing it to you. So... Apostle Ryan, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hey, good morning, guys. Good to be
2: back with you all. Thank you, Apostle Rob, for having me back here in your little studio here. <laughs> hey, it's good to be here in, in Lancaster, all the way from South Africa. Hallelujah.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's very good to have you. It's very good to have you here. Thank you. Thank uh, and um, we've been having a great time, ladies and gentlemen, even in just our casual conversations have been impactful and, and powerful. So a lot of... I call it accidental ministry. Not accidental on God's part, of course, but accidental, on at least on my part, where we're just engaged in casual conversation. And we're building one another up, and we're releasing revelation to one another. And uh, so the things that have been, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I get triggered. Yes, I know, that's usually a <laughs> snowflake thing, but I, too, get triggered. But I get triggered by the anointing. I get triggered by the revelation. I get triggered by the presence of God. Absolutely. So the triggering I'm talking about with me is a positive, good thing that it, it, uh, compels me and excels me forward. So, so I still get triggered. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic.
2: So, so uh, what, what triggered you about yesterday then? Let me, let, me, let me throw a question out there. I mean, we spoke a little bit about racism and yeah. then we spoke about success, that success can rise above racism. Right and uh, so so anything that kind of like triggered you there
0: well many of the things that were in the conversation itself but also the overall topic that we were talking about the whole idea Did of you. racism because I, I, you've seen this you see this uh when you we talk about it when you come and everything just some of the silliness that sure. goes on here in the states the whole pc politically correct nonsense mm-hmm. the whole thing that if if you disagree with somebody that may be of another color, all of a sudden, you're mm-hmm. just labeled racist. I get you. When the, the idea or the concept or what you were, what you disagree about had nothing to do with race. Exactly. It's just the fact that you disagree with somebody. It's like you disagree with a, with a liberal. You're a homophobe, ze- xenophobe, racist, and any other kind of phobe that they can, word wow. that they can make. I've been called all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was even called a speciesist.
2: Wow! <laughs> not sure what that is. I might have to Google that.
0: Because I disagreed with a a vegan on uh, um, uh, uh, what they were saying about veganism and mm. and you know eating meat or not eating meat. I was called a speciesist. Wow. That was a new one on me. I was like, oh, I'm going to wear that one with pride. Why
2: not? <laughs> Yeah, praise God. Let's take the pride back.
0: You know, it's funny. Uh, I said that because I I don't want to offend my friends that are vegans. Sure. But the people that I know are vegans, they do it for health reasons. Sure. Not militant reasons.
2: Mm. Or religious reasons. Or
0: religious reasons. Or, you know, because there's so many uh, vegans out there that it's it's become a joke. Mm. That, if the person is a vegan, you 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 meet somebody. Uh, Who is a vegan? You'll know they're a vegan within 10, 15 minutes because they have to tell everybody in the room. And then they not only do they tell people I'm a vegan, but it's um, they try to make you feel bad if you happen wow. to be eating a roast beef sandwich. You know, wow. you're the devil. They're wow. better than you because they're vegans. Wow. That poor animal.
2: So at least I'm eating that, which eating their food, so I'm saving them. So. Yeah
0: hmm <laughs> exactly exactly yeah
2: yeah i think the other thing we spoke about was uh, kind of like this end time ex- eschatology like everybody on facebook is like the the master of disaster <laughs> yeah like exactly. you know the world is coming to an end and you know the church go right. to preach it's the yeah. end it's the end and and uh as if if we objectively look at the bible not kind of like take what we've been told what it says but just kind of go back to what it says that um there's still a better work to be done before the end comes.
0: So so wait, 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 wait. You said something like that. Look objectively at the Bible. Yeah. So I don't want to assume because we talked about that as well, but to use lack of a better word, my assumption of what you're trying to say is that each and every one of us are responsible to actually look into the Bible, to see what the Bible actually says about these things? Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can just read the Bible yourself, you would save your pastor 90% of counseling time.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, I have an antidote to that. That's why they don't let me do any counseling Ooh, here at the church. I get you. I get just, you. just. Be brutal and be honest, and they mm-hmm. hardly ever come back for a session two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for yeah. <laughs> that. I, right. I,
2: I can just imagine. Uh, now, I know, I know there's another saying that goes around, but did you die? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, and, and it must have picked up from somewhere. I'm just saying.
0: That's my wife's favorite saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were so rough. You were so tough. I can't believe you said what you said. Yeah, but did you die? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like so. Yeah, We've we'll got to love him. So uh to this uh, eschatology and what we see um, going on and such, there's again, when you do take a, an objective look at the mm-hmm. Word of God un- sure. i I'll, I'll say it like this, an unbiased exactly. look at the you know at the Word of God, read it mm-hmm. and do your best to not have the look at it through the lens of sure, you know whatever latest book mm-hmm. or TV series, mm-hmm. not necessarily TV but uh, video series or teaching mm-hmm. or
2: even the flavor of the
0: month yeah flavor of the month mm. or even world events because what I've noticed is depending on what's going on in the world like right now we have the the war in the Middle East Israel is at war mm-hmm. and because something negative happens especially sure. there automatically oh Antichrist is here Jesus is coming we're getting to get raptured all you know everything's going to I hell in a handbasket sure and it seems like they that many not all but many of them need something negative to happen mm-hmm. to justify what they're teaching sure
2: let, let me just jump in there and say look I, i'm not opposed to wanting to see christ come back uh, i am i've right. never said i'm not looking forward to the return of christ
0: right right right
2: uh, as a matter of fact i believe we should look forward to the, to Absolutely. the return i mean there is if you if you study the crown, teachings in the Bible you know there are five different crowns and one of them are a crown of righteousness because when you look and I think it's righteousness you can maybe help me out but if if you are eagerly expecting the return of the Lord you will receive a crown just for that yeah, yeah, yeah. so so I am absolutely pro the return of Christ I am pro for wanting to see Jesus come back but I am also uh, call it an analytical in the sense of what does the Bible say about the return of Christ? You know, I mean the uh, how can I say it? The the whole doom and gloom teaching, though face it, I mean there are some scriptures that say there's a dragon and there's a this and there's that. So I'm not opposed to those things. I'm just opposed to how they kind of like splice it all together. And it's kind of like my kids are massively into dinosaurs, you know. I mean they I've got I've got three, you know, 12, 10, and 8. And they can almost tell me the whole range of dinosaurs. I don't right. know where they get it from. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like I'm just going with it, and, and I just love it with them. And you know, and I love being a dad. I love being a, a father. I Actually, posted a little bit something on that this morning about I just love being a dad. Right. But the the aspect thereof, if we look at, and I'm trying to, uh, is it pa- paleontologists? I'm trying to remember the actual like like name for when you dig up old dinosaur bones and you anthropologist uh, or is it anthrop- some, something like that? We'll, we'll we'll ask the audience to kind of like just comment and say what it is. But okay. if you would take the kind of like the remains of a rabbit today, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, or a um, let me think, of what else is strange like that? But let's take a rabbit. If you have to give it to one of those guys, paleontologists, and you let them say, all right, you reconstruct a dinosaur of this thing, you will get the most fearsome creature-looking <laughs> that, right. that you can ever find. And if you would take maybe the femur bone and you say, oh, this femur bone, this is now the backbone, and we're going to start building around this femur bone, and, and, and you start building up this whole skeleton, I mean, you're going to have a weird-looking monster by the time you're done because we have to take the things and pack them in the correct order where it should be. And and I believe that is the same with the end-time eschatology. Is there an antichrist? Yeah, but I mean, it's the tail of the whole design. It's not the head. You know, Christ is the head. And we need to kind of like just put the pieces of the puzzle in the correct order. Now, am I saying that I know exactly how it looks? No, no, I'm i'm I, if anybody says he knows it all, run away. Uh, nobody knows it all. I mean, Paul himself says we know in part, even we prophesy in part. So one day we will know it all. But as far as end time theology, mm-hmm. there's, there's some things we need to say, okay, this is the backbone. The femur bone right. is the leg it stands on. It can't be the backbone. Right. And one of them is obviously the return of Christ. Right. And uh, I want to read a, actually a scripture of, of Malachi, Malachi 4. And he says, "They behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord." And we have seen now that Jesus himself came, and he testified as John being uh, the Elijah. But if you read some of the scriptures, he says the Elijah of the generation. And if we are are allowing ourselves to be taught by the Spirit we will realize that, in a sense, every generation has had some form of Elijah or some form of Moses. Right. Uh, a great man recently, uh, Billy Graham, I mean, he was a, a Moses to a generation. I mean, he led thousands upon thousands, actually millions, and and if I'm correct, one billion people he has led out Unto the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning he was part of that massive exodus of getting people saved, getting them out right. and getting them closer to the, call it the, the promise, the, 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 well, what would we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, just recently we've been at a Christian International Conference and I was looking at Dr. Bill Hammond and as I was looking at him I realized he in his own right is a David. You know, he's a militant, he's a warfare type of guy. Uh, so he fits that, that symbolism of the David generation. Right. But we need to know before Jesus comes back to this earth, we're going to have to see the characteristics of Elijah.
0: Yeah. Because right.
2: that's what the word says.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um. When people hear me talk about uh, eschatology, sure. you know, the end times, we've been, at least in America, mm-hmm. in the Western world for a long time, we've been um, saturated, if you will, with just one viewpoint. Sure. And that's that, uh, that uh, what do they call it, basically where everything's put at the very end. But there's other viewpoints sure. that you can go to that's taught through the Bible, sure. ideas, concepts that people have come sure. up with, you know, uh, like um, preterism, pre-preterism, sure. s- uh, partial preterism, sure. uh, victorious eschatology. Exactly. Uh, all of these different things. And um, I remember Lance Wallnau teaching, you know, he teaches on the Seven Mountains <clears throat> and uh, others uh, that were heavily into this, um, this uh, eschatology as it's being taught in most American churches. Yes. Yeah. They start saying he's a he's into that victorious eschatology. That's false. And I and when I first heard that, I sat back and I said, "Wait, wait, wait a minute! You're writing him off as a false teacher sure. because he teaches something that's victorious." Exactly. I mean, I, I I I had a real hard time with it, just that initial concept, because mm. all through the scriptures I see we're supposed to be victorious. Sure. All through the scripture I see how we are supposed to. Not only live in victory, but mm-hmm. leave a, if you will, victory in our wake, sure. even when we move on. Exactly. So to write somebody off as a false teacher because they teach victory sure. is in itself false. Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, you know, the the whole Bible as a whole, it's not contradictory. It does it does not contradict one another. Right. So, if you see something that looks like it's a little bit contradictory, we need to understand that that is the scope and the frame in which it falls. Let's talk about Matthew 5, where God speaks about, Do your, you you are a city on a hill, Mm -hmm. you know, you are the light of the world. Do your good deeds so that everybody can see them. And then just a little bit later, he he just turns around and he says, you know, when you do your good deeds, do it in such a way that nobody knows you.
0: Right, right.
2: right. Uh, It's like, but is the Lord confused? No, no, no. He's setting the paradigm. He's he's, he's setting the the brackets in which to operate. He says, look, you have to do good deeds, but the motive of the heart must be in such a way that you are not doing it so that people can see you are doing it. And it's the same with eschatology. Um... And then again, let's let's touch a little bit on a sensitive subject, and that's called the whole rapture theory. Uh, and again, the escapism we spoke about, and then again, what we, and then I lean more towards the victorious thing, but if you read Matthew 13 from verse 24 to, to, to 40, 46, and I'm not going to read that out loud, but it's the parable of the farmer that came to sow the good seeds. It is fascinating that, if you read it towards the end and it says, well, the, earth, the field is the earth and the Lord is, is that. And I want to see if I can find that a little bit. Um, let me just see. Sorry, forgive me for that. He says, the man who sows the field with good seeds is the son of man. So that means it is Christ. And he says, the field is the world and the good seeds sown. Are the children of the kingdom meaning here is Jesus he's sowing in this earth seeds which are you and I and every born-again believer we are those good seeds we are the children of the kingdom the weeds are the children of the evil one and the evil one is the one who is then the devil and then he says the harvest points to the end of the age meaning there is coming a great harvest, end of the age, and the harvesters are God's messengers. Now that can be translated into angels also. Don't want to go down that route though. He says, now listen to this. This is going to freak most people's end time eschatology. Is going to, it's going to sink the boat of the rapture theory. It's going to be like, whoa, this <laughs> man is going to, what is he doing? He says the following. He says, as the weeds are bundled up, And thrown into the fire so it will be at the end of the age that the son of man will send his angels his messengers and they will go and uproot everything out of the kingdom all the lawless ones and everything that causes sin they will be removed and that word removed means raptured they will be removed and they will be thrown into the furry lake of fire where they will be uh, experiencing great anguish and sorrow then the righteous will shine like the brightness of the sun in their father's kingdom. right? And then he goes on and he ends it like, and if you un- are able to understand this, uh, then you would know how to respond. Shocking. Yeah, meaning meaning is. that this one verse reverses the whole mainstream rapture theory where it says it's not the righteous that are going to get pulled out, right? but See. the weeds are going to get
0: pulled yeah. out. I so mean, that just... Yeah.
2: That's like, whoa man, that just blows my mind.
0: It is. It's profound because now uh, for a Christian that read that mm-hmm. and how do you read that and then try to make that work in the overall eschatology as it's being taught? It, see, doesn't fit it doesn't fit at all. Fit. Not at all. So now we are forced to take a new
2: look exactly. at it. That's when it, where you become a dangerous Christian mm-hmm. and you start reading the Bible yes. for yourself.
0: Yes, yes, and and accepting what the Word of God. That's why I always say to the people, say this a lot in my church, and anybody that's been at my church has probably heard me say this, uh, it's not what man says, is what does the Bible say. Exactly. That's it what does the Bible say? If I'm up there trying to teach something and you can't find it in the scripture or I'm saying something that's not fully scriptural exactly. you don't have to listen to me. Exactly. I mean, you know, and same thing, it doesn't matter who it is another man, another woman, another teacher, another preacher uh, a book, a Bible college it doesn't matter if, sure. if it's not square in the Bible.
2: Exactly, I mean, and again it's in Acts I can't remember the exact verse but it speaks about the bereavance and what what it says is they were listening to everything that Paul was saying, and then they went back to the scriptures and they studied it for themselves. Yeah. And and we have to understand that we we need to get to that acknowledgement that we need to study and get back into there. And and again, you know, what is the the true backbone of end time eschatology? What 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 are the the things? Is the the Antichrist the the the, the main focus of your teaching? And i have a problem with that if you read revelation and all you get out of is the antichrist then you are reading it with the wrong glasses right. with a, with a deceptive spirit because revelation one verse one says the following this is the revelation of jesus christ so the focus right. is about jesus the christ and yes. getting him revealed mm-hmm. not the antichrist and if you put it on a mathematical scale a thousand year reign towards a 7 year reign. Right. I mean percentage wise you're talking about what Zero, yeah. zero,
0: zero, seven, 007 something like that doesn't even
2: it's not even 1% right. and yet it is, has become the mainstream flavor of end time theology. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So for me I believe we need to get the church ready for the return of Christ. Absolutely. We need to see what does it look and what are those signs? You know they they love to preach all the signs of the times. You know those signs of the times have been fulfilled in <laughs>
0: yeah. 70 A.D. Uh, word for word, yeah. letter for letter. 70 A.D. and yeah. then uh, you know what? Also, I, I just I I consider myself a realist. Sure. I just want to look at things through uh, as as unbiased eyes as I possibly sure. can, and just look at it for what it is, whether sure. it be anything. Sure. So I I I look at history and thus church history. Sure. I do my best to say the same thing. So every generation, it seems, has had something really negative that has popped up. Exactly. You think about the World War One generation and sure. the war, uh, the, the world going to war and, and how sure. horrible that was. And even in our American history, we mm-hmm. have the Civil War, we have the Revolutionary War, we have the different wars that we were engaged in mm-hmm. in World War II with Hitler and the murder of uh, six million plus Jews. Sure. All of these were, in that sense, sure. antichrists. Yeah. In that sense. Sure. Against Christ. Yeah. Working against uh, the Word of God. Word exactly. of, working against God's will. And I'm sure that there were many, many, many people in all of those eras saying, "That's the the antichrist." Yeah. And.
2: And and again, forgive me. I, I I am not opposed in in seeing the patterns repeating itself. I'm not. Right. Um But. Uh, and, and therefore we have to acknowledge that there should be a a superseding pattern yeah that they must come an elijah for the generation right and uh, again we we touched a little bit on, on william brandon and i love the man very much i've studied him quite a lot but for his generation he was the elijah but he's not the elijah right uh, and if you really understand what the scripture means we as the church the body of Christ are actually supposed to be the Elijah. Yes, yes. And if you talk about the signs, and I want to continue that that verse of Malachi, uh, and I'll just read it again. It says, "Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Lest I smite the earth of the curse." Meaning that the number one measurable you can measure it you can you it's tangible right sign of the largest spirit is not slapping the water with your mantle and people fall over and all of that stuff and that's beautiful and i love it and i do yeah. it as well but but it is actually seeing fathers loving their children right children loving their fathers that is the number one measurable tool to see Does the church carry the spirit of Elijah?
0: Yes. Now, now ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to back up here for just a minute because Apostle Rian touched upon something that's extraordinarily powerful in and of itself, but even more powerful given the era that we're in, the things that we see happening in the world. Exactly. In Malachi 5, I'm gonna read it out of the NET Bible. What what translation you got? Is it NIV? Uh, I think this might have been the King James. I don't
2: know. I, I, I switch between NIV, King James, and, and see
0: that's my problem. I switch all, all over the all place. The yeah. <laughs> I, I There's so many versions that I like and yeah. speak to me that. Exactly. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I'm gonna read Malachi four five out of the um, out of the NET version. Okay. Just, just to make a point, this reads like this. Look, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. So Elijah comes before the great and terrible day. Exactly. Now, in uh, Matthew mm-hmm. uh, 17, verses 10 through, well, here it says 10 through 13. I don't know if I need to read all of it, but just to make a point, he's, he says, this is Jesus. In verse 10 it says, the disciples asked him, asked Jesus. Why then do the experts in the law say that Elijah must come first? Sure. Okay, before the Messiah can come. Exactly. Why does Elijah come first? Verse 11 says, Jesus answered, Elijah does indeed come first and will restore all things. Yeah. He will come first and restore all things. Mm -hmm. And I tell you that Elijah has already come. Now this is profound. When you look at the way he says this. That's a d-
2: double barrel right there.
0: He does come first, speaking of a future event. Sure. But he has already Ready. come speaking of a past event.
2: That's powerful.
0: Well, then I have to look at Malachi 4, 5 a little bit differently mm-hmm. because he speaks of a great day. and terrible day.
2: Two 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 days. Two days. Yeah.
0: When you just... We, we look at that alone, we could just assume that, you know, when Elijah comes, it's a great and terrible day. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you look at what Jesus actually said, there's the future thing that's still coming, mm-hmm. but it already came. Sure. There's the great day, at least the way it's written in the, in the NET, the great day mm-hmm. that happened with John the Baptist. He goes on to say, and John was the Elijah. Sure. Okay. So John came in the spirit of Elijah. Mm-hmm. Spirit and power of Elijah, that's the great day. Now we're looking for the terrible day. Yeah. Terrible, not necessarily in terrible like destruction, although no. it will be the destruction of wicked, like you just sure. read with the tears and such. So terrible for that in that sense,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but terrible in the sense of the, the focus on being great and awesome for us. Exactly. But nonetheless, let me get back to this, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head. That's why I wanted to back up for this, because a lot of people are running around saying, you know, Jesus is going to come back any minute now. The rapture is going to happen any minute now. Uh, Antichrist is coming on the scene any minute now. Yeah. And he can't. No, he can't. Even if, even if you can convince me that all of that is 100% accurate, true doctrine. Yeah. I still have to be a realist
1: exactly. and
0: look at other portions of the Bible that bring balance to that. He, can, Jesus cannot come yet. Mm. Antichrist, at least in the way that it's being taught. Yeah. That's a whole other subject, but the way it's being taught can't come on the scene. Yeah. Rapture cannot happen. Exactly. I know people, but you don't understand. There's war in the Middle East. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, I care. Don't get me wrong, miss, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I, in regards to what we're talking about, that means nothing. Exactly. I'll tell you why. Because you, you said this when you read Malachi 4.6. He will encourage fathers and their children to return to me, so that I will not come and strike the earth. That's the way it's written here. But the true, a, a better translation is He'll return the hearts of the fathers to their children, mm-hmm. hearts of the children back to their fathers. Exactly. Now, why is that so important? Because we live in what has come to know a fatherless gener- generation.
2: Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we can take it a little step further by reading still what He said in, in, in Malachi about marriages and i know that marriages are a sensitive t- topic in the church okay. realm because 50 percent of all marriages fail yeah. and again the reason why they fail is because of the lack of fathers Yeah, because the the fathers are the ones to 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 really stake up that role and take up that authority yeah. and if you look at what he says the reason god hates divorce is because god wants to have godly offspring so, if you put those things together, the curse that we're seeing out there in the streets is because there's no fathers. right. right. The curse is that because there are no godly offspring, right. And we need to start restoring these things and yes. and and part of the restoration of all things is not just theology, not just doctrine, not just the church, not just or uh, the church buildings or, or what we have these ideologies in our in our mind, but restore the family and the family structure. Yeah. And the, call it then the patriarchal side mm-hmm. of, of the man that is the head of the house. Right. And, uh, and I know they are kind of like this almost, how can I say, these, this tree-hugger mentality like, like uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, that is toxic. Uh, right. There's nothing toxic about being a man. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, women need, uh, are attracted towards somebody that will stand up and say, this is what yep. we want. And this is what needs to be done we need to get ourselves out of the the labeling of because i'm a man now it's toxic right uh by uh, the reason why it is is because you're about to do something and men are not going to like what it is right. and
0: you have to get them out of the way because yep. uh, uh yeah let me yep. let me not go down that rabbit route you're absolutely right there's so much and again the, the thing that is measurable and the thing that, I mean, it's all measurable and that, sure. everything we just talked about is measurable. But the, the key component exactly. is the restoration of the hearts of the fathers to the children, hearts of the children back to their fathers, yeah. which is code for the restoration of the family.
2: Exactly. So, and, so if I may interrupt you a little bit there. So what I do when I travel around the world, wherever I, I kind of like <clears throat> make this announcement. How many of the dads that are in this room? ever had their own father tell them that they love them right and you would have maybe eight percent of the people raise their hands. sometimes yeah. i've had like maybe one or two out of 200 yeah. that will raise their hands and say hey my dad told me that i love right then i say you dads that are here how many of you have told your own children your own sons that you love them and then the hands go up and it's like a 95 96 percent mm-hmm. and i say "There." is a measurable sign of the father's hearts turning to the children. And if you read the scripture again, it starts out with, I will turn the hearts of the fathers first. So that's the first thing we have to see. first sign of preparing for the return of Christ is dads starting to love their children. That means we have to see healthy families. We have to see... uh, the thing that there are single moms out there, I don't know how to word it without saying, saying something that sounds like a cuss word, but we <laughs> need to see dads manning up, taking responsibility, saying, this is my wife, this is my children, and I will do the best I can right. to raise them in the fear of the Lord and lead them in the fear of the Lord. That yeah. is the beginning of the preparation of seeing Christ return.
0: Right. And and that, ladies and gentlemen, that is far more important than even this discussion can convey. Because it's again number one, it's measurable, but it's it's purely biblical. Sure. This is purely biblical. This is not some opinion. No. This is not an assumption. No. This is not somebody who's who's uh got this um as you might some might call it that extra revelation that can't be proven Mm -hmm. this is provable it's right here in Matthew um, 4 5 and 6 and it's in and and Jesus picks up on it and speaks about it sure he talks about it in the New Testament this isn't just something Old Testament that was all done away with some people think sure this is Old Testament this is New Testament this is throughout the scripture is that important mm-hmm. there's a story an article that i read several years ago i think i may have mentioned it on one of my episodes so i won't get super deep into it but uh, a, a gentleman he and his wife divorced they had kids i don't know why they divorced i don't mm-hmm. think the article went into that but they were divorced yeah and this gentleman he wanted to always be a major part of his children's life mm-hmm. so even after the divorce he went And he bought a house near his ex-wife's house so he could be near his kids always within just a short walk. Mm -hmm. So if they ever needed him, they could just walk down the street. He got a job in their kid's school Mm -hmm. so that he was always at the school every day. So if they needed him again, a text on the phone, he's there. Mm -hmm. When his wife up and moved out of town uh, to another town, he quit his job, sold his home, moved to the same t- town, and did the exact same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Got
0: a job really close, bought a house really close, because even in that state of being divorced, now ladies and gentlemen, I don't like divorce, especially in a situation with children, but at least this gentleman had the wherewithal to stand up and step up and be the best father that he could be mm-hmm. for his children. And, and men, I'm going to be honest with you, I just this is not for all of you men, because some of you men are doing a spectacular job, a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. but you men in a situation like that you making some kids and you're not there every day Mm -hmm. to father those children you're cowards exactly i'm I'm sorry you're and and many of you find yourself in the church and you're still as cowardly in the church as you are outside of the church and that's sickening because you're the one you're the one that keeps this from manifesting exactly i
2: want to i want to lean a little bit towards the kids and and there is nothing that can bring violence to the soul of a child right. like parents that divorce. Yeah. the And I, I want to speak to wherever this reaches some kids, or maybe you're a grown man already and you, you your family went through a divorce, your mom and dad went through a divorce. And I want to tell you clearly that that divorce is not on you. Uh, I've sat with hundreds uh, of, of youth that Start weeping and crying and say, "But my mom divorced, and my dad divorced because of me." And the kids own that thing and think it's their fault because right. they weren't obedient, they didn't pack the dishwasher in time, or or some silly thing like that, and right. they believe they are the problem. Yeah, and I want to tell you, you guys are not the problem. Right. You exactly. are not the reason for that. It right. is on them themselves. The word says, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? Yeah. And that is not you. Uh, I feel like I want to speak a little bit to kind of like children that believe they, they are a mistake. You know, it, mm. it was a, yeah. like a one night stand and oops, and now there's a child. Uh, there is no such thing as a mistake. God has blessed the sperm and the egg he has blessed them and said when the two of you meet together you will form life it is my right. absolute perfect perfect will so whether and, and forgive me for saying it whether you know it comes maybe out of a rape situation or, or, or right. it was a, a mistake according to to uh, our idea the blessing of being conceived is the absolute perfect will of God. There is no such thing as an unwanted child. There is no such thing as an unwanted baby. Uh, And we need to address that. It is the representation. You are the representation of the image of God. And I just want to speak to all those people and say, you know, uh, forgive yourself uh, for ever thinking you are the reason for a divorce. You are not. Uh, At the end of the day, it is mom and dad's And ultimately it's the devil
0: yeah yeah exactly and uh, nothing catches God off guard you know in the natural there may have been a whoopsie yeah but with God God knew the whole thing and had a plan long before that conception and before that child was brought into the world God still has a plan and it's a great plan it's an awesome plan Um, I I know several people that have had uh, children out of wedlock sure and those Children uh, were not treated in any way, or seen or mm-hmm. viewed in any way as a mistake. Sure, you know the mistake is when the is is just in in the way the father and the mother did exactly. things, not what was produced. Exactly,
2: uh, and and we need to address that as well because you know Old Testament speaks about the curse of the bastard, which means for for ten generations you were not allowed to get into the 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 temple. Yeah, and again. You know, we would be in a place of worship, and people would be crying and say, "Oh God, He's so beautiful, He's so present." And then you will just turn around, and then somebody's staring at the wall, yeah. staring at the ground, and they feel nothing. They can't yeah. engage the presence of God. Deal with that. Yeah, Deal yeah. with the the out of out of wedlock situation. And it's simple. It's very simple. All you do is you confess. Listen, my dad and my mom, they. Came together, they weren't married, and here right. I am. God forgive them, forgive me. Amen. And break the curse. Yeah. It is it is not a, a song and a dance, it's very simple.
0: Right. And it doesn't have to be long drawn out because the reality of when you come to Christ, sure, Father God becomes your father. Exactly. And by virtue of that, yes. the curse is broken because now you exactly. have a yeah. father. You do. And everything is is worked out in the spirit. Now it's It's about enforcing what God has already done by saying, you're my son, you're my child.
2: Just apply it. Just apply it. Just just
0: bring that redemption power and just break the force of darkness and just go on. Yeah, and and in the body of Christ, there's no such thing as orphans. No. There's no such things as, as you said, the bastard curse or the bastard child. There's no such thing in in the body of Christ. And as a matter of fact, what I have found... And, and, and this is not a perfect science of course ladies and gentlemen this is just what I've, I've seen is people that come from those types of backgrounds mm-hmm. when they really take it to heart
1: sure,
0: who their father is yeah, truly and that those curses of the orphan child and the bastard mm-hmm. child is broken and they exactly. realize wait a minute I don't have to live under that anymore no? they seem to excel
2: far far more
0: yeah far greater than often many people that come from a solid home, solid sure. background, raised up at church, mom and dad still around in their life
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they've never had to deal with those things. Exactly. Because it and you know, and I spoke about Robert Morris, uh, I believe it was uh, in the last podcast about success and finances. I don't know where his father was. I don't I don't know him that well, mm-hmm. but just by reading his book, he um, he had a, a he was saved, I believe in prison. And um, he fell so lo- much in love with Jesus, that's why he's such a great giver. Sure. Anything that he feels God asks of him, he's just so in love with Jesus and so appreciative of his salvation, mm-hmm. he has no problem giving it all away. Mm-hmm. And so it's a similar thing. When you mm-hmm. fall so much, and when you realize what God has done for you and who God is in your life, and you fall so much in love with him because then you appreciate it, you, 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 you can jut out ahead. You can mm-hmm. run with it exactly. because you know your daddy exactly. is with you.
2: You see and that comes back to that spirit of elijah because at the end of the day what is the spirit of elijah it is holy spirit yeah. and when the holy spirit comes upon you it is that uh, that adoption spirit and mm-hmm. your being cries out, like, abba father yeah so it is again father mm-hmm. turning to us yeah. and and we need to pick up that characteristic of god the father turning towards our own children right and for those who do not have children turn to other children. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are so many kids out there oh, that yeah. needs dads.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so true because in some um, cultures of our, or some, uh, how can I put this people groups in our overall society here in the United States, upwards of 70 to 75% of all children born in some groups are into a single parent household, no father around that stuff 70 to 75 percent that is mind-boggling and we wonder why there's so many problems especially with our young people why are they running why are our young people running into stores and looting stores in broad daylight like they don't care
1: mm-hmm.
0: why are our young people getting caught up and this is across the board ladies and gentlemen if anybody's hearing my voice things and i'm thinks that i'm trying to take a racial jab i'm not huh. because i see the video clips i see it they're white kids, they're Hispanic kids, they're black kids, uh, and, but they're just young people without a, if there is a father in the home, he's not a very strong father.
1: Yeah.
0: Because if, if, I know this, if any of my kids ever did that one time, they would never do it a second time. Yeah. It would prison. just, it would be over. I yeah. mean, because I would make sure mm-hmm. I would take care of business as their father. Um, but you don't see that. You see these kids doing this over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. and and then going from maybe small petty crime to e- sometimes even murder yeah. or major crime no dad yeah and then i don't mean to cut you off because mm-hmm. this is my frustration sure. yeah. then you have some knucklehead in the church that comes along and says jesus is coming back any second now no he is not yeah because we still have to fulfill what malachi spoke about exactly what jesus picked up on and spoke about mm-hmm. and that's the restoration of the family restoration of fathers to children children exactly. to fathers. and if we see 70 percent of children in certain groups mm-hmm. without a father in the home sure. running around committing crimes
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, ending up in prison ending sure. up in jail and things of that nature sure. i'm sorry jesus is not coming back for that he's sure. coming back when fathers and their children yeah. are reunited exactly. and live in a healthy, strong relationship.
2: Exactly. I want to. I want to cut that a little deeper, and uh, I don't know exactly where I've read it, but they say that in the high 90 percentile, maybe like 99.5 percent, of all the males in prison had father issues. Yeah. And we, we need to address that and, and acknowledge that and say, listen, instead of trying to bring reform and correctional reform, let us reform the family again. Right. Coming back to the understanding of, of that the, the family, and then I want to address a little bit the enemy of the family. If you, if you look like Old Testament uh, symbolisms of now Elijah, there was a number one enemy called Jezebel. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, and I mean, even the New Testament revelation speaks of a church that there was a pastor's wife that was Jezebel. I mean that's, And now it's kind of like a mudslinging competition, like, right. like right. every woman that's a little strong or she's feisty or right. whatever, she's not labeled Jezebel. Right. Uh, far from it, far from the truth. Let me explain it to you this way. And uh, this might be a little graphic, so if, 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 if you don't like this, you can tune out a little bit, but <laughs> here is the king, and he is having a wife, and he assigns people to guard the wife. Right. Now, in order to make sure that there will be no hanky-panky, <laughs> uh, and doing something that the king doesn't like, he neuters them. Yeah. He snips off those testicle area and then it cannot reproduce as a matter of fact it can never even work properly anymore right all right so what is that that is a eunuch and the primary role of the eunuch is to to serve to to kind of like flaunt around and to uh be at the burden call of this little little thing called queen. Right. And the other name for Jezebel is queen of heaven. The other name of it is called the unhusbanded one. Right. So the the main, main thing of Jezebel is not sexual sin. Let me help help those pastors out there because they always want to label, oh, you know, the, 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 there is this sexual attack. No, no, no. That is the least form right. of it. The first thing is all about control. Mm-hmm. It wants to control, it wants to manipulate, it wants to dominate. Right. And if you have those characteristics, okay, then you are in danger of opening yourself up to the working of, of the enemy called Jezebel. Now yeah. Jezebel killed the prophets. Right. Elijah is a prophetic spirit. Right. Your number one enemy as anything prophetically will be that thing that wants to kill the Family. So I'm I'm taking one step further uh, because Elijah is here to return the hearts of the fathers, and that spirit will want to kill the fathering spirit. Right. Again, you said it earlier. We need strong men because you're a strong man, and and again, it sounds wrong, but you are resistant towards being manipulated. That doesn't make you toxic. No, no, no. It makes you a man. A man needs to be able to stand his ground.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh,
0: yeah, I, uh, early on, um, I did uh, several uh, episodes about supposed toxic masculinity. Ooh. I say it like that because I heard some guy from uh, somewhere from uh, England say it like that. Toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. You know? <laughs> I was like, uh, dude, you're far from it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. But um, it, it's it's masculinity is is never toxic never and, I, and the reason i say never because i no, i've seen peep, men that are toxic okay there are some men that are toxic exactly but true masculinity exactly. true masculinity is always protective very much so even of uh, protecting children and women that's why when you have these men that are not around with their children not exactly. around with their wives mm-hmm. or their girlfriend, whoever was, was, sure. one night stand and they just blow it off like, not my problem.
2: That's not a man. That's not a man. No.
0: That's not masculinity. Not that's, at all. That's absolute cowardice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they may stick their chest out and try to act like a man, but that's the exact opposite of what a man would do. Exactly. Because a true man mm-hmm. who is truly masculine would say, even if they say, I know it can't work before between me and that woman, but mm-hmm. just like that article that I read. Mm-hmm. I'll buy a house down the street. Yeah, I'll get a job as close to those children as I possibly can sure. to be in their life. I will be the best father I possibly can mm-hmm. be. The guy that just skips town and just says, oh, forget it. Mm-hmm. Or only contacts his child, maybe sends a card once a year or something.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not a man. Sure. So I want to take a little bit closer to our social reform that we, we, we are struggling with at the moment is And I have to say that it is is a spiritual force called Jezebel Mm -hmm. trying to neuter a whole new generation of eunuchs that will never be able to reproduce. And for the most part, I applaud what I've seen in the States that we call the mama bears, getting angry and standing up. And hallelujah, it's a good thing, but therein is still a little bit of a problem because it is not really the job of the mama to protect the right, children. Right, right, It is the job of the dads right. that have to go down to the school boards, mm-hmm. have to go down and tell them, listen, you are not touching my children. Right. Um, that is what we need to see. And again, we need to restore that. And that is where the church has to come up because we are carrying that mantle in the spirit of Elijah, which is Holy Spirit. Right. And we need to tell our fathers in our church, I understand some of you are working a job. Maybe you're working two jobs. I don't care how tired you are. Go to your school board. If your kids are at a school,
0: be there. Right. Be there. Yeah. That's a great point because I do applaud, and I think it's great that that the ladies, the moms, are, are rising up and saying enough's enough. You know, we call it the mama bear movement or the mama bears. Where's the Papa Bear's? Exactly. Now, uh, there are some men doing it, so you sure. guys that are out there really Absolutely. making the phone calls, writing we the letters, guys, showing up, yeah. you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Where's the rest of you? Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I've said this, we, we've been doing rallies here, and we've even gone as far as LA, and there's still a lot of rallies that I haven't been able to make it to, and mm-hmm. you know, because we're busy doing things, but we've done the rallies. Yeah. I, I've, I've carried the flags. We've yeah. we've been saying enough's enough, whether it be for our children or whatever. Sure. But I mean,
2: I mean, last year somewhere we had that freedom rally, and we, I mean, we were part of it, and you were yeah, up that's right, front. you were there with us. Yeah, you were all up front the way to, from South Africa. Hallelujah, <laughs> bringing freedom to America. Yeah,
0: doing our best to reestablish what we're <laughs> exactly. all about. Yeah. But um, you know, it, it, and I thank God, and again, those of you who do show up. Those of you who come out fight, and those of you who hold the signs and the flags, and and you make your voices heard, mm. my my heart is with you, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Mm. This next portion is for those who don't show up. Where are you? Yeah. Especially those who claim to be Christian. Sure. Where are you? Mm. We can you imagine if even say twenty five percent, one quarter, of you know. The, the whole Christian population in just this area showed up. We'd have, thousands. easy, thousands. Thousands. I praise God when we have uh, a couple hundred. Sure. But if just one quarter of those professing Christians mm-hmm. in our region showed up for a rally mm-hmm. to reestablish righteousness, and, exactly. and what church would be against that? If, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to say it like it is, because like I said, I'm a realist. If you're going to a church that um, that refuses to uh you know maybe it's taught from the pulpit or it's poo-pooed pushed off you know that will not rise up and stand up strong for righteousness now get out of that church yeah get out of that church it's a it, at best it's it's a uh, like a shadow of what the true church is supposed sure. to be I, I'm, I'm trying to be nice because i don't want to be too mean because sure. there's thoughts that are running around in my head that i'm just mm. But, but um, I'm, honestly, I'm tired of the cowardice in the body of Christ. Yeah. The weakness that, 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 that somebody can talk about righteousness, but when it comes down to actually standing for it, sure. refuses. Or, sure. or
1: yeah.
0: I get myself sure. in trouble a lot here. And somebody's going to probably write me a nasty letter about this next statement. But That's it's okay. okay. Love you all anyways. And I, lo- I, I actually, I do read all the even the positive and the negative. And um, it just keeps me going. So it's not like mm-hmm. you're going to shut me down. It's going to make me bolder. But we have pastors that will give a strong message from the pulpit, and and and, I, and I'll say that I mean they strong message, and I'll agree, if not 100 percent, close to 100 percent of what they say from the pulpit. Sure. But do a rally? Are they there? Sure. No. Are there people there? Maybe. Mm. One, two, have a, we have mega churches out here that are truly mega churches, thousands of people. Do they show up to these rallies? No. Mm. Do they st- st- in, the, in their pulpit stand for uh, say the words of the Constitution, righteousness in the nation?
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: But out of five, six, seven, thousand people, how many of them show up to a rally? Mm. Sometimes zero.
2: Yeah, I want to I talk a little bit about the, what, what makes men lame. Um, Meaning in the sense of not just being a wuss, but paralyzes them. It it paralyzes them. And there is a, what do you call it? It's like a disease that has taken hold of men around the world, and that is called pornography. Yeah. And I know this opens up a whole can of worms. But I have to explain it again, because I touched on understanding the spirit of a Jezebel and the functioning of a eunuch. So again this is going to be a little graphic. So what is what are you doing if you're watching pornography? What position do you find yourselves in other than being that little eunuch? Right. Because you're on the other side of the screen watching some other whore. Right. Give me for those words. No, it's true. You know doing whatever they're doing and she's sprawling at you but you ain't going to get nothing. Nothing's going to happen there. Right. You are a eunuch. Yeah. So it is again the master that has put up the makeup and disguised itself. Right. Behind the whole pornography movement is that spirit of Jezebel. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge it, and we need to understand that you are not and people want to say,, oh, it's a spirit of lust. It is not lust, it is slavery, right? Because if you're a eunuch, you are a slave, you right. are a slave, you have no choice, you can't do anything. Right. And you have to come out of that slavery. So many men are, uh, they seem to be tough and rough and everything, but they're a slave. They can't Mm -hmm. control themselves. And we need to acknowledge that and say, listen, let's get out of that slavery mentality. Let's come out of it. Right. Let's get out of that."
0: I'm glad you you addressed that because there is a lust component. We know that, of course, because that's probably what gets most men into it in the first place. Exactly. But that's the lesser sure. part of it.
2: That's just the knock on the door.
0: Yeah. It's actually a spirit of slavery yeah. and that locks men into that. Yeah. I, I remember I worked with a gentleman many, many years ago. And, and uh, a lot of the guys in the particular job that I was in, in the field that I was in, a lot of them, of course, drank alcohol and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And they would go to the bar afterwards, True. especially if it was a sports bar, their team was playing or whatever. They'd sure. go hang out, drink, and yell at the TV screen. And um, I never drank at that time. I just, by that time, I had, you know, I I did my stint with alcohol just as a dumb kid trying to look cool, mm-hmm. and I I was over that, and and I just didn't. But uh, other than family issues, for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, that was my biggest reason. That and you know, uh,
1: uh, a waste biblical of money.
0: reason. Yeah, it's a waste of money. I'm <laughs> not that there there isn't people that drink alcohol in the Bible. It's just. The Bible does say don't get drunk, so exactly. I always thought. Well, then what's the point of drinking if you can't get drunk? So I get was you. just that's where I was in that. You
2: see that that's the old redneck in you. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> that's the redneck in me. Um, so now I'm like Uncle Si, I just drink my iced tea. Mm. But <laughs> but this gentleman said because they invited him to go out and he said no you know I don't care to go I I don't drink, and so they were poking fun at him, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know this about the gentleman at the time, but. Mm after they were poking fun, at him, I asked him, so, so why don't you drink? And he says, because he says, I never want to be controlled by anything,
1: uh-huh.
0: especially a chemical that has no brain, no mind. He says, think about how weak a person is that is controlled yeah. by something that something else that doesn't even have a mind of its own. Wow. A chemical. Wow. And when he said that, I just, I mean, it, it kind of set me back on my heels. Like, I've never looked at it that way, but you're absolutely right. And so what does that have to do with pornography? It's the slavery. Sure. It's that control of something that in and of itself yeah. has no mind. It has no I mind. know there's a mind behind it because there's a spirit behind sure. it. But I mean, in that sense, I never want to be controlled by anything. I get you. Um, I mean, truly controlled sure. other than by the spirit of the living yeah. God.
1: Yeah.
0: And and, But nothing ever lesser, no alcohol, no tobacco, exactly. no... Uh, pornography yep. and especially when I understand that these things at that level have a demon behind it now exactly. it that does have a mind but not for my better
2: yeah but but you, you, you really hit, hit a nerve there when you were speaking about the alcohol aspect because if you say there is a control but it has no mind then it means that chemical is a gateway drug Yeah, meaning it, it forms a gateway for something from the outside or right. many times something on the inside right. to come up and control. Right. that, Because if you're out of control, who is in control?
0: Right. There is a mind behind it. That's the spirit. But the mm-hmm. substance itself, sure. like you said, is a gate. A gate has no brain of itself. No. It has no decisions of itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A gate or doorway has to be opened or closed by something or someone that has a reason or a mind to do that.
2: You see, and, and, and that brings me back to the whole thing of family because I've, I've heard so many preacher kids and so many other families that when the dad and the mom is not around and they're hanged up with other people, the gateway was. Yeah. They were alone and they tried something or they experimented with something mm-hmm. And, and many kids lost their virginity, yeah. and many kids got hooked on drugs. Yeah. And they, you know, they just wanted to try, call it the ride. But that ride is going to take you further than you wanted to go. Right. Um, and it's the lack of parents being in their children's lives.
0: Yes. Yes. That we, we used to call them latchkey kids—kids kids that would come home from school, and there was no adult. Mom and dad were both out working. Mm. And so, from the time they got home from school or the time they got out of school, mm-hmm. if they went to school at all, mm-hmm. until six, seven, eight o'clock at night when mom and dad came home, mm-hmm. that's a lot of uh, time for a young person without supervision that can get into all kinds of problems. That's a gateway. Yeah, and that itself is a gateway. And that also shows the breakdown of the family. Yeah. I've talked to many of those families and 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 it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. One of you need to quit your job or rework your schedule to be home. Exactly. When when your child wakes up, mom or dad is there to get them off to school. Mm-hmm. And when they get home from school, mom or dad is there. Oh, we can't do that. We both work to give him a better life, to give him the things that he wants, to give him the things that he needs. We do it because we love him and that's so bogus.
2: Sure.
0: Because uh, you We talk about oh, it's not the quantity of time; it's the quality of time. So when we are together, it's a great quality. Yeah.
2: Then we'll we'll sit in front of the TV. Yeah. And that's the quality time.
0: And 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 in in relationships, there's no such thing as quality without quantity. Sure. Uh, You know, try that with a wife, and then stay married happily married.
2: Yeah. Just it's 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 it's. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you see it just on a Friday night.
0: mm Hmm. And and I and the same and I, I've been at this for long enough, ladies and gentlemen, to see this with my own eyes, recognize it, and counsel these people. Yes, they're getting a certain sense of fulfillment by going to a job, mom, dad, that, sure. and even in that, they have a sense of fulfillment by being away from one another mm-hmm. because other people fill that position of sure. relationship. Sure. Then, when the children grow up and they go off to college, mm-hmm. and especially if they, when they hit that retirement age. Empty nest, children not around, they're retired, they don't get the fulfillment at the job like they used to, now they're stuck with one another. And I've seen more people in their, say it starts sometimes in the 40s, maybe early 50s when the kids go off, fall into depression um, and uh, divorce and all kinds of marital problems because they're not even sure they like the person that they've lived with for the last 30, 40 years but never really knew exactly and now they're stuck with each other no children around to buffer that no uh, job or maybe their job is at that place where it's like again no kids and 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 they don't even know how to respond to one another
1: mm-hmm.
0: so so ladies and gentlemen the, the point i think i think we're trying to make or at least i'm trying to make here is when we talk about the restoration yep. you know okay let's go take a step back further when we talk about end time eschatology yes it's it's based upon one of the key components of true end time uh, uh, events is the restoration of the family, yes. hearts of the father back to the children, children to the fathers. So that means the restoration of the family. Yeah, it goes far deeper than just having dad in the home. Sure, it's having dad in the life of his children. Exactly. We we understand that we don't talk a lot about moms in that area because typically speaking just across the board traditionally if you will moms are the ones that stick around and sure. do their best sure it's the dads that are whatever tra- chasing mm-hmm. their dreams chasing their careers or just mm-hmm. chasing something else and exactly. they they're not. so that's the key component when fathers take that rightful yep. place and what is what does that entail it, it entails um men being masculine sure. again and part of the thing that makes men truly masculine yeah. Is, is taking care of their families.
2: Exactly.
1: Now,
0: I mean, that means loving their wives, yeah. uh, protecting their wives. Sure. Um, even if it costs them something in the pursuit of their career, yeah. they can give that up for their children, for their wives. I remember when I had my job, a lot of the guys did everything they could to work overtime to make that extra money. Mm-hmm. I rarely worked overtime because mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed going home to my wife and my kids. Exactly. And I also knew I needed to be there for them. Yeah, My kids, they need therapy today for sure because mom and dad were with them too much. So they <laughs> need therapy to work out, you know, having us with them yeah. all the time. Yeah. But it was because we yeah. just really enjoyed yeah. one another as sure. a family.
2: Sure. And I mean, that's just level one of what needs to happen. And level two is, I mean, the children need to come back to the parents. Yeah. And and we, we, we look at a, at a society that are... The, the children are running rampant. Oh, yeah. I mean, the kids consume parents. I mean, you are 12 years old. You can tell your teacher, I want a sex change, and there you go. It's, yeah. it's like the parents are non-existent. Right. And, and again, part of that problem is because the, the dads, and I am speaking about the fathers, have to fulfill. They have to come up and fulfill the restoration of the order of being the father and taking, taking the control. Right. Uh, into the right hands and not leaving the control into the hands of our enemies. Right. And when when we see that, then we will start seeing, and we can call it like an end time harvest or an end time revival, or whatever you want right. to call it, but then we will start seeing actually the children's hearts start turning back to the parents. Right. Uh, yeah. And not when you are 50 and 60 and then you realize, oh, my dad was right. Uh, no, I'm speaking about at this time. Right. Now.
0: Yeah. And you said something about that as well, um, another indication of, of, of this mm-hmm. is, at least here in the United States, in the Western world, um, and this is pretty much across the board, some are a little bit worse, some sure. are a little bit better, but it works out to, there in church attendance, Sure, it's about 70% women, 30% men. You see, that's a problem huge problem Mm -hmm. and a lot of the men will drive their wives to the church Mm -hmm. wives and kids drop them off so at least in a sense they're taking them and then come back a little bit later and pick them up Mm -hmm. i see this with my own eyes talk to these guys and and there's some reason that the church is responsible for as well because i talk about the feminization of the church Mm -hmm. many men just don't feel comfortable in a lot of churches because it's so feminized i get you I say that to some Christians, and they get all mad and upset. And what are you, misogynistic? You're against the mm. women, and it's like there's it no, nothing no. to do with it. No. If you go into a most churches, <laughs> well, I, I, okay, that's a whole other subject. I won't go there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go back and find the, the the episode entitled "The Feminized Church," and you'll see what I what I mean by mm. this. But so, but nonetheless. That when we start seeing that 70, 30 come more like a 50/50, 50, 50, mm-hmm. then you can start seeing, okay, there's some rest- restoration exactly. coming, exactly. there's some restoration already here, sure. And then you can maybe start looking into the sky for something to happen.
2: Exactly. And I like the way that you said it 50-50 because, you know, our mathematical mind would say, oh, the scale going to flip over. No, 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 no. The scale mustn't flip over. The, right. We shouldn't have now just 70% dads and only 30% moms to right. church. It's got to be that 50-50. Yeah. Because that is the, the, that is the makeup of a family. It's right. A, it's, a, it's a husband. Right. Which is a male. A wife, which is a female. I'm glad you said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that makes up that 50 right. 50 head. And when you get them right. together, there is a blessing upon that. And then there is an offspring. And that offspring, right. the Bible says, are holy right. offspring. Right. And that is where we need to get, because then the kids will be holy and that that turning back unto God will be a natural thing because it's residing within them.
0: Right. Yeah. And and things in that sense start to balance out, you know, because will it always be 100? I mean, if we're at a a real super healthy church with healthy people, is it going to be exactly 50-50? Well, maybe not. It might be 51, 49. I, I mean, know, somebody's going to work on, sometimes. Yeah.
2: It's, it's the new age in, in the sense of that a yeah. lot of people go got to work on weekends and things like that.
0: And if they have children, they, like we have a family here, they have three girls. Sure. No sons. But yeah. I come from a family of three boys, no girls. Mm. There's that balance. Exactly. You, you, so, so, ladies and gentlemen, you understand this is not a perfect mathematical science, science but it's closer, much, much, much closer, really within only a point sure. You know, of that 50-50. So, it might be 51 49 but when we start seeing those types of numbers, then mm-hmm. we know that there's something, because uh, I've said this a million times, ladies and gentlemen, what happens in the church, sure. um, happens in the world. Yeah. But when it happens in the world, it's like worse. Sure. It's like on steroids. Yeah. Exactly. So when the church world has divorce rate of like 50%, exactly, it's not necessarily worse in the world as far as the uh, percentage wise, but the way these things break down and and affect because if the church is semi-healthy sure those children from divorced homes at least have some type hopefully Mm -hmm. healthy father figure within the church sure you know
2: so let's measure it out again look at the current state of children as a whole Mm -hmm. they and forgive me for saying it in such a way, but it seems like they're un- unholy. Right. They're unruly, they're running around, they are just doing what they want. Right. And if we reverse engineer that back to what we just spoke about, mm-hmm. is because the marriages has failed. Yeah. Because if the marriage fails or, or stay together according to the word, then your children, offspring will be holy. Right. Now they're unholy, so the marriage failed. Yeah. And because that has failed, there is a curse mm-hmm. on the land. And the curse is on the land because the fathers are not right. taking up their responsibility. So we, as church, have that authority to break the curses. Right. And you can say, oh, but Jesus paid the curse at the cross. That is absolutely true. He also died for everybody, but not everybody is going to heaven. Exactly. We need to apply it. We need to put it down, boots on the ground. So right. get the guys, get them up, get them running. If you, if you get a girlfriend, something happens. Marry the woman. Right. Uh, make sure you work at that marriage. Yeah. Uh, take care of your kids. Uh, right. Don't, and, and don't come with the thing. well, you know, I never really loved her. Uh, I guess, you know, when, in the old days when the, when the Jewish families came together and brought two people together, they never knew. They had to work it out.
0: Yeah, they had to work it out. Exactly. And, and that's, a, that's a good point because I don't want to sound like I'm so old-fashioned that I'm not relevant, but it doesn't really even matter. Yeah. Truth is truth. Sure. And truth is always relevant, whether sure. the person receiving it wants to admit to that exactly. or not. We make this idea of love being a mushy feeling. And don't get me wrong, everybody wants the mushy feeling. Sure. Everybody wants to look at that you know, the woman that they choose that they're exactly. with, or the man that they're with, exactly. and just you know, get all gooey inside.
2: Everybody wants a fiction.
0: Yeah. And 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 I'm not opposed to that at all. But however at the same time, whether you have those ooey gooey, warm, fuzzy feelings mm. or not, sure love yeah. is comes down to mm. choice exactly, and what they had found when they have studied these arranged marriages and why they stay together so long is mm-hmm. because they chose the moment they saw each other and they were going to the altar, they chose yeah. the ones that have the long, healthy lives exactly they chose yeah to uh um, make it work exactly this is now my husband this is my wife we're exactly. going to be together until one of us is dead sure and uh we're just going to make it work sure and wouldn't you know it they actually fell in love and created those ooey gooey feelings mm. because of their choice exactly and the ones that resented it resented the fact that they're being forced into this or whatever they mm-hmm. you know the backdrop is gotcha. uh they stayed together because that was part of the culture, but they were very, very unhappy. But the ones that chose. Yeah. And I say that to to the same thing, that it doesn't matter, our culture's moved away from that to you can date, you can go check it out, you can do whatever, but it still comes down to a choice.
2: It is. And I wanna, not backtrack, but I wanna kinda like just throw a a lifeline out there for for people that are in relationships that, and it sounds like it's doomed to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if the husband is is, is you know, fiddling around or, or the wife is, right. is, is messing around, uh, those are premises for listen, this is not going to work right right, um, right if if it's domestically violent right. meaning you are yeah. fearing for your life, you know you have the fullest right to get out yeah and there, there I am again coming back to the dads yeah. um, and, and this is maybe not appropriate, but I was uh, a few years ago, I was actually praying for Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, mm-hmm. and out of the blue, the Lord said, "Pray for them." And 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 I'm not, I mean, God, I don't even know these people well. I mean, we watch them, but we don't know them. Right. And there was a a severe anger rising up in me, and I was poking my finger in in Katie Holmes' dad's face and say, "You get up and you get your daughter and get yeah. her out of there." Yeah. And lo and behold, two weeks later, they the the whole thing split apart. Right. 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 So. Uh, I did not curse their marriage to break it apart. (laughs) What I'm saying is the domestic violence, if your family is married and you see your daughter is being manhandled, man up and get her out.
0: Right, right. Okay, this is a whole other, I don't know, I'm not even sure I want to make my next statement because I can go off on this because it angers me. And and I want to reiterate what, what, what Apostle Rian just said if you ladies especially but even men this sure. sometimes happens towards the men but sure. especially the ladies because in my opinion somebody called me misogynistic i had to look it up to even make sure it was wow. you know basically somebody that wants to control or put down women okay mm-hmm. that is not me at all my wife and i we poke fun at each other we have a good time with it and everything mm-hmm. and and i make jokes I, I i'll admit that but i from a from my point of view and what i see in the word of god women are a treasure Sure. Our daughters, our wives, sure. our mothers—treasures that sure. are to be protected and treated exactly. as a treasure. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says that husbands are to treat their wife as a weaker vessel. Exactly. It says as a weaker vessel, mm-hmm. not because they are a weaker mm-hmm. vessel. In other words, we're supposed to treat them as if they were valuable. Sure. And that's my heart for this. Mm-hmm. Men should be protecting the women in their life, their children, their their, their yeah. daughters and it's sons as well, but their daughters. Their wives, their mothers—they are gifts. Yeah, they're a gift, absolutely. Yeah. And um, so I concur. Mm-hmm. If if you know, that's one marriage uh, um, that we could talk about. But I, I agree. Mm-hmm. If 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 my daughter—and well, I'll just put it like my daughter was in a situation that was where there was infidelity. Sure abuse and everything of that nature, I would do my best to make sure she got out of it.
2: Exactly. It is your responsibility.
0: Right. Yeah. Because and
2: you are still the father.
0: Right. And um, given that, I mean, we've had certain situations in the church, even some recently, where those types of things. Now, on the one hand, um, I always look for avenues of healthy restoration. Sure. And then the reason I say healthy, ladies sure. and gentlemen, is because I've been, I've been at this let's see how long have we been in ministry 30 well as long as we've been married 35 years mm-hmm. and in those years i've seen where pastors even priests mm-hmm. but pastors woman come to the pastor my husband's beating me mm-hmm. i'm gonna divorce him mm-hmm. oh you can't do that you don't have grounds you need to go home and, and love him and love him yeah and she's getting put in the hospital mm-hmm. with broken bones and fractured cheekbones and things like that and this mm-hmm. doofus is still saying you need to go and love him Hmm. No, that is some of the worst advice. Jesus himself, God, Father God would not want you to be in a situation like that where your life is in danger. Exactly. If you have the theological or doctrinal idea that you can't, that's not grounds for divorce, I don't have time to, to change your mind right now, but I, I will say this, you still have grounds to get out of the house exactly. and stay away from him until he gets the help that he needs exactly. and he's over whatever anger issues that he has. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you ladies and gentlemen, that's not a two week process. No, no That's three to five year process. Sure. So if, ladies, if you're getting beat and you want to stay with him, mm-hmm. you need to get out of the house for three to five years. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm just, I'm being real with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's infidelity and uh, especially ongoing infidelity, you have every right biblically to kick that sucker to the curb. And sure. I, and I hope you do sure. that could, because again, I don't know why, but many males out there mm. think they're being men by bedding a lot of women. Yeah. That makes them a man. No. That makes them a little
1: coward. Yeah.
0: Because they're not manning up and doing what they need to do. Exactly. You know, and that's take care of their wife that's and their own children.
2: responsibility.
0: Yeah, and and the male that doesn't take responsibility, is not really a man. No, it's not.
2: There's a, there's another portion of, of and and we kind of like on, on marriage topics now, uh, as as fathers, mm-hmm. and and I've heard this thing being preached that you know, that the husband should lay down his life. For his wife, like yeah. Christ lays down for the church, yeah. and I concur, it's an absolute fact. But but sometimes they kind of like roll that wheel a little bit way to the other side, where it right. becomes so controlling and so manipulative. Right. Like the wife just sits at home and just shouts at the guns, "Oh, go get, get it, go get a this, job, go this, get the this. food. Right. Uh, you you're supposed to take care of us. You make these babies, and and it's just like a little out of whack, mm-hmm. you know." Uh, And and a good way to try and just bring balance in that thing. uh, I mean, for me getting a job, and I'm speaking in general for men, most men are in a dead-end job. Most. Yeah. Plenty. Or or let me say plenty of them. For them to get up and go and work at a boss that screams and shouts at him every day, it is a death to his soul. Yeah. So he is already dying. Yeah. Just to provide. Right. You know, so he doesn't need to get that, that when he gets back from right, home, right, from, right. from the work, he needs a little respect as well. The other side is that if you demand of him to be that sacrificial lamb that you're calling him to be, as unto the Christ, then we have to extend it to the following that that means his word is law in the house because God's word is law, right? That means, women, you have to obey every single yep. thing that that man is saying. Mm-hmm. I know that. That might not get an offering now, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 we need to th- see these things in correct balance for yes, what it is. Right?
0: Yeah, and, and that's why knowing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, and being in the Word of God, both uh, husbands and wives, men and women, especially husbands. You know, sure. I know a lot of guys that just don't want to read. And I would tell you, just you know, train yourself, retrain yourself, exactly. read it, force yourself until it becomes a natural thing. Exactly. But in the meantime. Get Bible on, well, there used to be Bible on cassette. Now you can get an app on your phone yeah. that will read it to you. Excellent. Listen to it when you're driving to work. Or Now, I don't want anybody turning my podcast off because this is the world's greatest podcast. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if somebody were to tell me, I had to turn your podcast off and stop listening to it so I can use that time to listen to Bible on Hallelujah. whatever, i go... Don't ever turn my podcast on again. Just keep doing that because that's far more important. Exactly. Far more important. But still listen to my podcast. You
2: you see, that is that image thing we're speaking about Mm -hmm. because a lot of husbands, and and call it fathers, we need to restore the image of what is a real dad, what is a real father. And I mean, the world is is full of the image and images of what fathers should do. Yeah. So for me, if I can kind of like I don't want to say wrap it up because that means nothing. <laughs> but to to come back to the original thought of end time preparation, right. seeing Jesus come back. Is seeing as God the Father is in heaven on earth seeing fathers starting to rise up and portraying that very godlike nature of listen I am the father, I'm responsible, I'm right. taking care of my house, they will lack no good thing, I will love my family even to the point of death, right. if need to be, and, and in, then in turn we will see what you sow you will reap. Right. So in turn, if you tell your wife you love her, she will tell you she'll love you back. Yeah. Now I know like many women they want to hear it three times a day, uh, not all guys are wired that way. You, they can just look at you and you're supposed to read that email through the eyes that right. I'm, I'm loving you, baby. <laughs> yeah. um, but if that is something we have to learn yeah. to do, <clears throat> to tell our spouses we love them, then by the grace of God, learn it.
0: And that's a good point. Every one of us has the capacity sure. to rewire ourselves. Exactly in something that we may not necessarily be natural because like growing up in my house, there was affection, there was, I always knew my mom and dad loved me. It was sure. not a question because we were there, we took care of one another. There was, you know, all those, all the things that were healthy in the family. But the, if if someone's to analyze our family, they would probably say, well, it was the verbal expression of love that wasn't healthy. I'd, know, I'd have to agree with I don't remember too often I do remember some,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but not too often was I ever told uh, um, I was loved. Sure, Not that they were cold, it's just sure. those words weren't in our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And primarily where my parents came from, mm-hmm. it just wasn't part of that familial makeup on either side. Sure. So I didn't hear it, not too often did I ever hear mm-hmm. the, uh, the, oh, I'm proud of you, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So getting back to me. sure. Uh, it's not natural in me sure. or wasn't natural I'll tell you a funny story along those lines mm-hmm. so it just doesn't come natural to me it's not one of those flows where I can look at my child or my wife and say no, I really love you Sure. I say it but I I'm, I'm, don't misunderstand ladies and gentlemen or kids or wife um, I force myself to say it to remember and force myself not like it's a hard thing no. but it's just I'm trying to relearn it Recoding
2: yourself, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm recoding myself mm. several years ago. I was thinking about this very thing. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, I don't say I love you to my children enough. My, all my kids are adults and they're out of the house. So I put a little group text together and I just wrote in there how much I love them, how much I appreciate them and, you know, and, and just things that I should mm-hmm. be saying. Uh, more often, I guess. More get often, you. right? I get you. And I send it off to my kids. Ooh. and I sat back and I felt so good about myself I felt so good I'm, I, like, I'm finally rising to that place where I could show my children verbal affection and tell them how proud I am about everything I feel so good and, and somehow it, I'm expecting them to send you a text back
2: are you dying what's wrong with exactly you? that's what my <laughs> oldest
0: son he wrote back uh, dad are you dying <laughs> and I'm like no I'm not dying he goes well you know that's something you would say on your deathbed are you okay I'm like no I'm fine now it's like the old me comes out no you jerk you know hey, who do you know? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like no I just you know I was just yeah. trying to express to you guys how much I appreciate you how much mm-hmm. I love you how proud I am of sure. you and I was like fine I'll never do it again of mm-hmm. course you know then I had to go back and rethink about that I was mm-hmm. like yeah yeah um it was funny sure but it was it was sad exactly because it showed uh my weakness exactly that I was so weak in that area sure. that my son literally thought I was on my deathbed and mm-hmm. like my deathbed confession, sure. you know, um, and that should be maybe not necessarily daily, but uh, far more often. Exactly.
2: You see, and those are the skills of restoration that is required. Yeah. I mean, those are the things we need to restore. We need to tell our families we love them. Yeah. Uh, and if I can just step it one step further, I mean, not everybody is affectionate. Everybody is not touching and feeling, but... Right. Uh, Scientifically, if you hold your kid, your child, in a hug form for more than 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. between 20 and 30 seconds, there's a chemical released in their brain Mm -hmm. uh, that rewires them, and they will actually believe that you love them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think they've uh, narrowed it down to like 8 to 11 hugs per day. Just that uh, um, is what people need to be healthy In that in that vein in that area. Wow. So I'm definitely an unhealthy person. Yeah, we we need some work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I grew up in the church, and we call it the affectionately the four square A-frame. That's Mm. where you give the side hug. I know, I know, I know. You know, you're in an A-frame form. Exactly. I understand that when it's a man and a woman or buddies or something, you you don't want anything weird happening. But but that just makes it look weird. Right. But when we're so wired to do that. And then you hug your spouse the same way, or I hug my spouse the same way. I'm like, yeah, Mm. four square A-frame. There's there's not a lot of affection in there. You know, I guess it might be a little bit more affection than a handshake, but it's not that I really appreciate you kind of hug. And and again, all back to this is about... Creating healthy families and getting exactly. the fathers re-engaged yeah. with their children the yeah. children re-engaged with their fathers.
2: And, and you know, speaking about being fathers, I mean, if, if you see the lack of that in your life, mm-hmm. then fix it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my, my situation is very similar. Uh, the, the affection wasn't something that was ever really shown in our house. On right. the other side, there was a lot of verbal abuse. Mm, yeah. And it, it came to a point that when we finished high school that my parents separated and got divorced, and my mom came to us and she apologized, and we said, you should have done it long ago, <clears throat> no. because the violence was just so much, and it wasn't physical violence as such, I mean, there was some right. here and there, but yeah. the verbal violence was just so much that, you didn't right. want to be at home, you do not want to stay at home, right. and, you know, uh, again, you know, there is a scripture that says, unless two agree to walk together, they right. cannot, so if if the one part, and I'm saying it for Christians, you know, if you are in a family marriage situation and there is no agreement from the other side, it's it.
0: Right, right, right. It's uh, it's, it's pretty much a dead you know. relationship anyway. But anyways.
2: you can fix it. I mean, I, I, I grabbed him the other day. I, I sat him down. I said, now today you're going to tell me you love me. Man, that guy was sweating profusely. Yeah. You would have thought I'm going to give him an IV drop. Uh, and he, he, he it came out of him a little skewed and broken, whatever right. else. But he said it. And I yeah. said, you know what, now what you're gonna do, I know. I don't care if you think your hands are clean or not, you're gonna lay hands on me, and right. you're gonna bless me, and you're gonna say, as my dad, you know, it doesn't m- matter how people view you, as, mm-hmm. as my biological dad, put your hands on me and bless me. Yeah. Um, and you know, he did it in his own weird way as well, but for me, it was right. like, it had to be restored. That thing mm-hmm. is required. And if we go back to the Jewish culture, Every Friday night was Shabbat, and the dad would lay hands on his kids, and he would pronounce blessing on them, blessing on them, blessing on him. I mean, I came from a house where you were cast once a week, uh, or sometimes once a day. Um, And getting out of that thing, and getting that restoration of your soul, and getting restoration of your self-worth... It took God the father of heaven being Mm -hmm. my father speaking to me words of affirmation and saying you are blessed. You are my image. You are that. So there is no dad out there that can say um, I cannot be rewired. Uh, Right. There is no family out there that is too far out that cannot be fixed. Right. We understand if there's no agreement, it's fine. But the Bible also says God puts the fatherless and the widow into families right and that is why church is so so important because as much as we are the body of christ as much as we're an end time army as much as we are all those things if there is not a family aspect to it i almost want to say get out like you said previously uh, family has got to be there yeah uh oh lord I know I said a whole bunch of things that triggered you like five, six well, times.
0: I, I, I looked at how long we've been going, which uh, we're still okay. It's just um, I, we can get into a whole other hour-long discussion about mm-hmm. some of the things you just unpacked. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut, which is very difficult Ooh. for me. It physically pains me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to we're gonna pretty much wrap it up right here, for at least for this episode. And we will do our best before Rian heads back to South Africa to do at least one more. Hopefully we could do 20 more. We'll try and put a couple yeah. out here. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it. Uh, we'll do some. So, um, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, it's not that we're talking like this to try to bash a doctrine or, uh, remove hope because no. a lot of people are looking Oh, Jesus is coming back. And that's their hope. Exactly. Uh, it's to keep bring hope. Yeah. Keep that hope that because that he is, your, is coming back. That is your crown. Keep right. that crown and keep that crown. Keep that hope. He is coming back. However, we, as, as the scriptures say, we can hasten that day, we meaning can. we can make that day come fast. Not that it's already set by the Father. Sure. But when, when certain things happen on our time frame and in in where we're at, sure. we hasten the day.
2: We can shorten the time.
0: Yeah. And, and part of it is fulfilling the things that must take place exactly. so that the Elijah can come, so that the Christ can come yes and uh, one of the things again families being restored especially uh, hearts of the father to the children hearts Mm. of the children to the father but when that happens then the whole family is restored on every level Mm. and when that begins to really take place and we start focusing on it in the church because remember what happens in the church will eventually spill out into culture and society always has to happen in the church so I'm gonna I'm gonna address you pastors church leaders elders, Sunday school teachers, all of you that, that are uh, you, you are tasked with the responsibility of teaching and training people, let's start focusing more and more and more on the, the true restoration of family, the true restoration of fathers to their children, children to their fathers, yep. the true biblical restoration of even healthy discipline exactly. in the home, and I don't mean just punishment, no. but discipline, sure. discipling, yes. uh, those types of things true love like with me as you guys heard at least part of it i just need to learn to say i love you more often to my kids and, sh- mm-hmm. and not just say it dry dead but sure. show say, that say it like mean it. It. yeah and and i'm working on it but that's my point when we all work upon we find the weaknesses in ourselves and we all start working on in the body of christ mm-hmm. the body of christ as a whole is healthier exactly the church or the um, family is much healthier mm-hmm. then culture and society eventually will start picking up on it they'll be healthier sure and then we start literally loosening up the heavenly realms for jesus exactly. to return and just just, Spirit of Elijah. just
2: like you said about dr emerald i mean give the body what it needs and it will heal itself yeah give the body of christ healthy fathers yes and it will heal itself and
0: it will heal itself dads and don't don't let anybody convince you that because you act like a man Mm -hmm. that you are irrelevant or toxic Mm -hmm. be a man exactly but again a man takes care of his own
2: yeah you are empowered to protect
0: yes absolutely so with that ladies and gentlemen Stay tuned, watch, and, and, and put the alert on or make sure your alerts are turned on so that the next episode, when it pops up after this one, you'll get it right away. Rion?
2: Amen. That's all I can say is amen.
0: Okay, God amen. God bless you all. <laughs> Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy.
1: Goodbye, Chippy.